a Lenten blessing from Bishop Donald DeGroote. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the graces and blessings you give us and for loving us so much that you sent your Son to redeem us of our sins. May we use this Lenten season of prayer and sacrifices to turn away from sin and turn back to your loving heart. Prayer and A Lenten blessing from Bishop Donald DeGroote. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the graces and blessings you give us and for loving us so much that you sent your Son to redeem us of our sins. May we use this Lenten season of prayer and sacrifices to turn away from sin and turn back to your loving heart. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit descend upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. I'm Father Richard Kunst with a Papal Minute. Some people's stories may be based more on urban legend than on fact. One such story involves the immoral and obese Pope Alexander VI, elected in 1492. On May 6, 1503, the Pope watched the funeral of his overweight grandnephew, Cardinal Juan Borgia Lanzo, from the window in the Vatican. This is a bad month for fat men, he said, and just at that moment an owl flew through the window and flopped dead at his feet. Bad omen, it's a bad omen, he cried and ran back to his apartments only to die himself 12 days later. At the exact moment of his death, on the 18th of August, 1503, people on the street reported seeing several devils fly out of the window of the dying Pope's room. This has been your Papal Minute. To learn more, visit Papal Artifacts out of the window of the dying Pope's room. This has been your Papal Minute. To learn more, visit PapalArtifacts.com. That is PapalArtifacts.com. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Thanks for staying with us as we head into our final segment on Real Presence Live this morning. Brandon Clark, one of your hosts here with... Steve Sponskowski. And uh, we are continuing now as we welcome in Bishop John Folda. Good morning, Bishop. Good morning. So, uh, Steve, this is actually something that's close to your heart because you're very involved in this work. We're going to talk about the Third Synod of the Diocese of Fargo. Now, I just, <laughs> before our listeners turn off the, 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 the radio signal or, or before they go, you know, I, I don't need to listen to this. Like, there is actually an important discussion that's going to be had here this morning. Well, and I think so, too. I, and I don't really, Brandon, I don't think in the Diocese of Fargo that most people would shut their radios off from the conversation of the Synod. We've had great response across the diocese. That's excellent. Of people building, being, uh, really responding uh, to this event. We've, have, we've had uh, monthly webinars, 80 people, 80 to, you know, 85 people joining in on the conversation about the Synod. And, and really, Bishop... Maybe I'll just kind of turn this to you just for a second. Talk to us a little bit about why did you choose to do a synod in the Diocese of Fargo? What was your vision and your hope? Well, Steve and, and Brandon, too, I, I had thought about this for some time and, and talked with the priests and the, the deans, the staff of the diocese. You know, we're, we're in a time of significant change in the life of the church, and I don't mean that in a bad sense, it's just the reality. And demographically, in our diocese, things are, have changed significantly. And and um, also, in the aftermath of the pandemic, uh, there have been noticeable shifts in things like church attendance and participation in the life of the church. And uh, it just 
seemed that it was opportune for us as a diocese to really gather together and to see the what all right, we think he might have lost, and we are having some internet issues due to yeah. the storm, but uh, we'll get him back on. Steve, do you want to just build on what he was saying? Sure, absolutely, yeah. I apologize for the internet connections here uh, this morning. I think it's probably because of the weather, but yeah, I mean, as the bishop was talking there about really just this, this is a great opportunity, Brandon, to enter into conversation across the diocese and really talk about, and when I was, when I was brought onto the diocese, the bishop really just said, I want to talk about how to evangelize the world. I want us to sit down and talk about how we are going to evangelize the world in this current climate that we're in. And that's the call. The call of the laity is evangelization. We might think, oh, that's Father's job. No, no, Father's job is the sacraments. And, and actually, I mean, he's involved in evangelization, maybe a little more in catechesis uh, you know, and giving his homilies, but evangelization is primarily primarily the work of the laity because we are out in the world, Brandon. We're out in the world, engaging the world on a daily basis, and that's what evangelization about is about. And so this conversation at the Synod is about how do we best engage the world? How do we help the world encounter Christ? How do we help them actually more clearly respond to this ongoing encounter that Christ is trying to have with them. And that's what the center of the conversations. And we were just, we're really having a great response. Can we define a couple of terms? Let's define what is a synod and what is a synod assembly. Oh, sure. we, do, we do have Bishop back on. So Bishop, maybe you wouldn't mind explaining that for listeners. What is a synod and what is a synod assembly? Sure, I can do that. And I don't know where I got cut off when, the, when I was talking, but uh, a synod is, it's a, a gathering of the faithful of a diocese uh, or of the church um, appointed by the bishop, and its, its role is to um, prayerfully discern and to advise the bishop on his ministry of, of pastoring and shepherding the church. So uh, that's, that's kind of the colloquial definition, you might say. It can include, well, it does include the clergy, it, can include the the lay faithful as well, and ours certainly will. Um, the word synod comes from a Greek term. It just simply means journeying together, walking together. So it really is kind of that notion of a of a collaborative uh, gathering uh, in prayer that that really looks at and discerns the needs of the church. Yeah, and I think as we're talking about the church too, we're talking about you know the the entire church of its brand. And when you got, just got cut off a little bit, Bishop, about I kind of moved into evangelization and really this right. this this goal of of discussion at the synod about how do we evangelize the world, how do we engage the world in this the, our current situation, and and in the diocese of Fargo, uh, we as the laity are have the opportunity now to discuss um, with the clergy and with you as the bishop there. Um, to really talk about, okay, what are our priorities? How do we see uh, the church really moving forward in the Diocese of Fargo in, in drawing all to Christ? And we might have lost him again, so we'll work to get him back on. Yeah, we're just losing internet. Uh, here, so. But uh, yeah, so I, I think it's a great point. The other thing that I, I, I'm curious about, Steve, and, and maybe you have some thoughts on this, is... You know, we see a synod, and synods can be run well 
and then they can be like uh, the the outcomes maybe aren't as desirable, right? As as one would want. In that there, we're we're told that we're going to be listened to as the faithful. That the bishop's going to listen to us, and he's going to hear our concerns, hear you know the different things that are involved with that. And then at the end of it, they don't feel like they've been heard. They feel like they've been ignored, and the bishop is just going to do that. I don't get a sense that that's what's happening here in the diocese of Fargo. In fact, I think it's the exact opposite. That bishop, and and I hope we can get him back on to explain more about this, but is really willing to listen because he cares about the hearts of his people. I have been so impressed. I've been working at the diocese now for uh, coming up on three years, and I have been so impressed by the demeanor of Bishop Folda um, and his desire to be a shepherd and a father for his people. And, and you know, just looking at the process of the Synod Assembly. So a year ago, we traveled across the entire diocese and had 17 listening sessions across the diocese, thousands of people listening. Bishop Folda was there the entire time. He listened. And, and actually, at the end of each uh, of, of these listening sessions, the bishop didn't say a lot. He just said, I'm here to listen. Um, and, and that was beautiful. People, I mean, people were being heard. Now we have, uh, we have the process. Now we're continuing in proposals. We asked people across the diocese to send proposals that will be uh, considered at, at the Synod Assembly um, to the diocese. And so we've received over 130 of those. And so, and, and I, I actually gave a, the, a book to the bishop, a, th- a three-ring binder, because I knew he would read them all, yeah. because that's who he is. And a bishop, are you back with us again? Oh, I thought I heard a voice. I heard a voice there, but that and that's that's who he is as a father. Now, here we have to know this in life, right? We all want to be heard, right. but of course, 130 proposals. There's no way all 130 proposals are going to be able to move forward. But that's, that's where this, we look for the Holy Spirit in the Synod Assembly, travel, journeying together, as the bishop said. We're looking for the Holy Spirit and what he's inspiring us all to do. And I really love this vision idea of, of how the Holy Spirit doesn't just walk into this room, Brandon, and inspire you. Yes. He inspires everybody in this building. He inspires everybody in this entire city. He inspires everybody in the entire world to do this work of evangelization. And so when we start to discern what the Holy Spirit wants us to do, we come together and discuss and discern and say, well, the Holy Spirit's inspiring me to do this. Oh, that's so interesting. I always like to go back to the story of St. Paul, right? He has this encounter with the Lord, and the Lord says, I want you to go into town and look for this guy named Ananias, and he will baptize you. And then he goes to Ananias. He says, hey, Ananias, I have this guy named Paul. Yeah, he kills people. But he's coming. He needs to be a Baptist. He <laughs> prepares both sides for this encounter. Yeah. And this is what, honestly, Brandon, I'm excited about the Synod because I see it as such a beautiful opportunity for encounter because when we come together and say, Holy Spirit, what are you inspiring us to do? He will show up. Yeah. That's what happened at Pentecost. And 3,000 that day were added to their number. Yeah, I want to continue this conversation. I think it's important because there's also the Holy Spirit, even in the preparation process, has been moving so far. I want to dive into that a little bit. We do need to step away for a quick break, but stay with us as we continue on Real Presence Live right after this. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 
I'm Father Richard Kunst with a Papal Minute. When Pope John Paul II was shot in 1981, he was rushed into emergency surgery due to multiple internal lacerations. The blood loss was great. He was given six pints of donated blood to keep him alive during those critical hours. He was fortunate it was available. He was among only 3% of the population with blood type AB negative. Not wanting to risk another potential tragedy, after his recovery, his doctors advised that some of his own blood be stored in case of emergency. From then on, wherever the Pope traveled, a few pints of his own blood were kept near just in case. After his death in 2005, the Vatican realized that the supply of blood would now be considered a unique relic. Upon his beatification, the Holy See allowed distribution of small fragments of cloth dipped in his blood to be venerated as relics. This has been Father Richard Kunst with the Papal Minute. To learn more, visit papalartifacts.com. That's papalartifacts.com. Hi, this is Bishop Daniel Felton. So great to be with you as together we journey through a Lenten season. Always wanted to go closer to Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Only in that Lord are we going to find in these holy days of Lent that sense of great healing to our hurts, a deep sense of hope in all of our despair, and ultimately of the great joy that we can only find in Jesus overcoming our trials. And so I just pray that Jesus will continue to bless you in these holy days. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. All right, we're back on Real Presence Live. Uh, We do have the bishop back on the line, Bishop John Folda of the Diocese of Fargo, as we continue our discussion about the Third Synod of the Diocese of Fargo and the Synod Assembly, which is coming up on April 11th through the 13th. Steve, before we went to break, we were talking a little bit about the Holy Spirit, right? Um, And then, Bishop, I want to actually ask you this question. So there is a preparation process as we head up to the April 11th through the 13th assembly. How have you seen the Holy Spirit moving thus far, even in the preparation process of this? Well, you know, going back to the very beginning of the process, it was pretty clear to me that the Spirit was moving the people, the faithful of the diocese and their own participation. Uh, there was a real engagement, a real interest. I think as Steve said, we we heard from thousands of people as we put out this invitation. And, you know, as we have put out some of the reflection questions for the Synod, um, we've gotten an amazing response from uh, many, many people, some some fantastic proposals and input and not just from the delegates but from others as well and i think that you know, that's that's just a sign that the spirit is at work uh, among the the faithful and really uh, urging them along you might say kind of prompting them and their own commitment to the faith and their own uh, love for the church and their engagement to the life of the church too so you know, it's it's very clear to me that the spirit is is at work. The synod was a you know kind of unknown territory for many many people. Uh, they it really took a lot of explaining to help folks understand. And I think you know people are still kind of trying to grasp what the meaning of it all is. But uh, I think the spirit reveals things to us and impels us forward in directions that we don't necessarily plan on going. 
so I, I've certainly seen that at work and uh, all along, you know, at, the, at every one of our synod listening sessions, we had a prayer to the Holy Spirit. It's the same prayer that was used at the sessions of the Second Vatican Council, and I think that's fitting because we're really uh, building on what the Church has given to us, and and uh, not just at Vatican II, but uh, the entire life of the Church. So, in all things, the Holy Spirit is the animating uh, principle and grace behind the, the life of the Church, so that's what we're tapping into. I guess that's the way I would put it. Absolutely, and I think it's just kind of a great... Uh, I've, I, I feel like as we get nearer the Synod, Brandon, and Bishop Folded, that there's, there's kind of an energy that's building, that people are excited about it. Uh, the more and more I ask people to be involved, like as a table facilitator or, or involved with the different events, the response is, oh, wow, thank you so much for asking. And I just to me, that is a Holy Spirit response in the sense that when, when we are excited to share our gifts for the good of the church... That, that is a gift of the Holy Spirit. Um, and I think one of the, you know, as you mentioned, Bishop, journeying together, the whole meaning of a synod, journeying together. We can't do this journey together unless we actually involve every person. I, I just love that vision, Bishop, about how you're not just the bishop of the Catholics in the Diocese of the Fargo. You are the shepherd and the father of every soul in the Diocese of Fargo. And so coming together in this synod, just shows this universality of the church, this beauty of this universal call to holiness. Talk a little bit to that. Yeah, I sure will. That was one of the the uh, hallmark teachings of the Second Vatican Council, is that all the faithful in whatever state in life are called to holiness, and all have a responsibility for the life of the church. Now, it doesn't mean that everybody has the same role. We're not all the Pope, but we do have uh, our own part to play. And I think that was part of what impelled me to call the Synod as well, because I want everybody to understand that every member of the faithful in this diocese really has a stake in the life of the church of the diocese. You know, we're, we're most directly connected with our own parishes, but our parishes don't operate in isolation. Our parishes aren't entities unto themselves. Um, in the sense that, you know, they, they have no relationship with other parishes or with the diocese or with the bishop. We're all part of a diocesan family. And I, I do think that that reality uh, comes through in the, the work of a synod as well, because it does involve people from all different reaches of the, of the diocese. You know, my uh, intention has been that all the clergy and representatives from every parish would be present for the diocese or for the synod so <clears throat> hopefully you know we'll be able to draw on the experience and the the wisdom and the prayer of all of our parishes in that representative way and i, I do think again the holy spirit is certainly at work in that you know i, I th think that having a greater awareness of uh, the universality of the church as it's expressed in our diocesan family here is very, very important, and I, I'm hopeful that the Synod will, will move us in that direction. Bishop, what's your vision for how this plays out? So we have the preparation process, then we have the assembly in April. What happens after that point? Well, that's kind of when my work begins, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, will, uh, I will 
participate in every minute of the Senate Assembly in April. Um, but then after, after this assembly is over, certainly with the help of many prayers, I hope, um, I will be really praying and discerning over what uh, the fruits of the Synod are and what direction that will give to our diocese. My intention at some point after the Synod is over, and this could be after a number of months, in fact, I'm sure it will be, my intention would be to issue a pastoral letter, kind of a, a teaching letter for the entire diocese that would hopefully um, synthesize some of the uh, information and recommendations of the Synod, and hopefully it will also give us some direction going forward and, and set us on a path forward uh, in the next years, especially regarding the mission of our church, of our diocese. So that, that I think, would be the next tangible um, outcome of the Synod, would be a pastoral letter from the bishop. And hopefully that would then guide our, our decisions and our prioritizing going forward. It's not just a, not just a bureaucratic exercise. I think it's really a, a listening exercise, listening to the, the spirit, listening to each other, and really enlisting the uh, participation of everybody. I think that, too, is really a key aspect of the Synod, and that is to really draw in the participation of all the faithful, especially the delegates who will be sent. I think it's going back to Cy Kellett yesterday at the banquet, at Real Presence Real Banquet. He again had those four points, encounter, conversion, communion, and mission. And this comes back to the Synod. And Brandon, you mentioned, okay, what's going to make this Synod um, successful? What's what's going to be the key uh, keys to the success? The key to the, sec- the, su- the success of the Synod is response. The Lord wants to encounter us. The Holy Spirit wants to encounter us. Um, but we have to respond as a church, as the laity. If we don't like what happens at the Synod, it's probably because we didn't respond. We didn't get engaged. And so I think that's there's a, a, an invitation to respond. So, Bishop, just uh, we've got a couple minutes left here. How can the faithful of the Diocese of Fargo get involved in this process? Is it Do they, do they work with their parish representatives are they able to attend the assembly in april like what does this all look like for the average parishioner well that's a great question brandon and as much as i would like to say everybody could come unfortunately that's not possible um but i would say that every every parish will be represented at the synod by their own pastor by deacons if they have deacons uh, and certainly by the lay representatives too, the delegates from their own parish. So, you know, my my recommendation would be, at this point, the first thing that the faithful can do is pray, as we have been all along. You know, I've asked for prayers for the Senate to be included in every uh, public celebration of the Mass. But even personally, I do hope that the faithful will pray for um, God's grace upon the Synod and upon our diocese. Secondly, I would say if people have thoughts they want to share, uh, they can certainly uh, do that by contacting their pastor or the lay representatives uh, from their parish. They can, you know, tell them what tell them what's on their mind and what they hope the Synod will will look at and and um, consider 
in the life of the church. And uh, so I, I think there's a very real way that people can be directly involved. You know, you may not, there's, there's not going to be room, room in, the, uh, in the hall for everybody to just show up. That's why we have to have appointed delegates. But uh, on the other hand, everybody has a part to play. And I think first through prayer, but also by the input that you give to the representatives of the Senate or to me directly, that's fine too. Um, Bishop, uh, I, I apologize. Were you, involved. I apologize we're coming to the end of the show, but just want to thank you so much for your time and being willing to come on and share about this important effort with the diocese. You're welcome. I hope to, we can do it again. All right, Steve, we're at the end of the show, and uh, gosh, it goes so fast, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, it does. Uh, we do have a preview here for what's coming up on tomorrow's Real Presence Live. Um, what I think is amazing is these shows just continue to showcase the wonderful people who are in our listening area. So tomorrow on Real Presence Live, we're going to have a gal who is named the 2024 Mother of the Year for her ministry called Down Home, which is helping people on their way out of poverty be able to have what they need to have a sustainable lifestyle. We'll actually visit with somebody from Down Home who has been impacted by their services, so that'll be really great. Uh, We also will talk about Susan Richards. She's a a beloved pro-life advocate, but there are some untold stories that haven't been shared, which we're going to talk about. Her daughter's going to come on. A good friend of hers is going to come on. And then uh, a couple of women, uh, a mother and her daughter, are going to share their incredible healing stories and how the mother's healing really led to the healing of the daughter, and they both walked away with a a depth of healing. So all of that is going to come up tomorrow morning on Real Presence Live, 9 to 11 Central Time, with hosts Heather Caro and Roxanne Solonen. So be sure to tune in. Couple minutes left here, Steve. Any final thoughts? I just think you know, wrapping up the day of the conversation I, again. I think really the call um, that we all receive is to response. I want to talk about that. Just that yeah. we, the Lord wants to encounter us at every moment of the day, and going back to the idea of asking. Try this, maybe. Every decision you make today, begin with the end in mind. We know this is like a business perspective. Begin with the end in mind, right? That's a goal. Well, I want you to begin with the ultimate end in mind, eternity. What does this have to do with eternity? When you go to Arby's or wherever it is or Dairy Queen or something and get a sandwich today, ask yourself, what does this have to do with eternity? You think, Steve, that's just crazy. Well, guess what? What does this have to do with eternity? It's all about relationship. Can you smile at the teller? Can you tell them to have a great day? Can you be patient in line? What does this have to do with eternity? I think that's what this is encounter. The Lord's trying to encounter us. He's looking for a response. And I think that's one way to respond. Yeah, I think so too. Well, we're at the end of the show, Steve. It was great to have you in studio, be able to make it in despite the storm. I always love hosting with you. Yes, you too, Renan. All right. Coming up next, we have Take Two with Jerry and Debbie on the Real Presence Radio Network. I do want to apologize. I know we're, we're with the storm, we're having some internet drops and things like that. So if that does happen, trust me, our engineers are working hard to keep the stations on the air and get them back up as quickly as possible. So more great programming to come. Encourage you to listen throughout the day and just have that encounter and respond to the Lord's message. We'll see you again tomorrow. God bless. This has been Real Presence Live. Radio Network.
Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast anytime of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.